We gotta remember when it feels like we're just struggling to keep the boat afloat. We gotta remember who is in our boat. You're listening to Rise. Hey, my name is Deanna, and I am so excited that you are here with me today. Before we get started, go ahead and press subscribe and share it with a friend. Okay, here we go. Have you ever tried to talk to someone who's engrossed in a TV show or or a video game, something that's really important? They're like trying to see the TV around you, moving their head so they can see it. At, at that moment, you realize you're a distraction, like a brick wall, not not a window, right? But I have a question. What if that show or whatever it is, is the real distraction? When you are paying attention to something someone's talking about and clearing your email box or browsing Pinterest, how well are you really paying attention? Luke 6.38 says, For the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. And then Jesus goes on to say in Luke 8.18, Pay attention, therefore, to how you listen. Whoever has will be given more. But whoever does not have, even what he thinks he has, will be taken away. And then Romans ten seventeen, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So if your faith is in proportion to how you hear, then no wonder the Lord told Joshua, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. You see that? You get what you put in. And the key to success in anything is right there. And did you know that this is a living word, spiritually discerned? Hebrews 4.12 For the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and the joints and marrow. And it is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. 1 Corinthians 2.14 But the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, nor can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. And why that matters to you and me is all the answers right there in it or near it. Whenever you need wisdom, you can ask of God who who gives to all liberally and without reproach. No embarrassment, no, no strings attached. God will show you what to do and how to navigate any situation in a way that is pleasing to him and in a way that is in alignment with his word. When Joshua was on the verge of the promised land and he went to pray and asked the Lord what to do, the Lord gives him a strategy. It doesn't make sense in the natural, but in the spirit, they were shaking things up and the walls of Jericho became like cookies and milk. So this leads me to the ground, our ground. What is the ground of your heart like? Psalm 1-1 says, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth fruit in its seasons, who, whose leaves shall not wither, and whatever he does, he prospers. 
Its twin is in Jeremiah 17, 7. Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord and whose hope is the Lord. For he shall be like a tree planted by the waters which spreads out its roots by the river and will not fear when heat comes and its leaf will be green and it will not be anxious in the year of drought, nor will it cease from yielding fruit. See that? That soil is in perfect condition for yielding fruit. And Jesus says in Luke twelve thirty two, Fear not, little flock, for it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Amplified version says, Do not be afraid and anxious, for it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. See that we are supposed to be a people who see results. But how is the soil of our hearts? In Mark 4, Jesus tells the parable of the sower. He says, listen, behold, the sower went out to sow and it happened as he sowed that some seed fell by the wayside and the birds of the air came and devoured it. Some fell on stony ground where it did not have much earth and immediately it sprang up because it had no depth of earth. But when it's, the sun was up, it was scorched because it had no root and it withered away. And some seed fell among the thorns and the thorns grew up and choked it and it yielded no crop. But other seed fell on good ground and yielded a crop that sprang up, increased, and produced some thirtyfold, some sixty, and some a hundred. Fourteen. The sower sows the word, and these are the ones by the wayside where the word is sown. They, they, when they hear, Satan comes immediately and takes away the word that was sown in their heart. These likewise are the ones sown on stony ground, who when they hear the word, immediately receive it with gladness, and they have no root in themselves, so endure only for a time. Afterward, when tribulation or persecution arises for the word's sake, immediately they stumble. Now these are the ones sown among thorns. They are the ones who hear the word and the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches and the desires for other things entering in choke the word and it becomes unfruitful. But these are the ones sown on good ground. Those who hear the word, accept it, and bear fruit. Some thirtyfold, some sixty, and some a hundred. And then it goes on. And guess what? It echoes that same thing we talked about already. Verse 24. Then he said to them, take heed what you hear. With the same measure you use, it will be measured to you. And to you who hear, more will be given. For whoever has to him, more will be given. But whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken from him. Okay, I want to focus on one of these guys. Verse 18. Now these are the ones sown among the thorns. The ones who when they hear the word, they, they've heard the word. But then the cares of the world the deceitfulness of riches and the desires of other things enter in and choke the word and the word becomes unfruitful right see they're ready to receive they they get the word in but they also have all of the distractions mixed in with it and they come and the worries of this life and but you know what matthew 6 33 says seek first the kingdom of god and his righteousness and then all of these things that everybody else is chasing the do not worry about what you will eat do not worry about what you will wear those things that the world chases after, those worries of this life, your God will add them to you. He knows that you need them. See, sometimes we get distracted by the wind and the waves of life. We get our eyes off of Jesus. And that causes anxiety in the heart. It causes a grasping for the wind, a self-seeking. And then the word of God gets choked. The things God wanted can get choked. See, it says in the Bible that God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. You know, when Peter 
gets out of the boat. He sees Jesus on the water and he says, if that's you, call me to come to you on the water. And Jesus says one word. He says, come. And so Peter gets out of the boat. And as long as his eyes are stayed on Jesus, he is walking on the water. But the moment that he starts looking around at the distraction, at the at the storm around him, the wind and the waves, he starts to sink. But Jesus reaches out his hand. James 3.16 says, where envy and self-seeking exist, confusion and every evil thing are there. If the enemy can keep you distracted, you miss your destiny. You can miss the whole kingdom. Because you were too busy, you didn't get your oil before the bridegroom arrived. We need to not be so busy that we miss the life and life more abundantly that the Lord has for us. There is a gift and a calling with your name on it. But the thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. The thief doesn't want you to take hold of that gift of eternal life waiting for you. He doesn't want you to walk in that life more abundantly and the gifts and the calling that have been put on your life. There are things inside of you that are so beautiful, but you have buried them underneath all the worries and distractions of this life. Unbury them. Stir up your gifts and walk in the calling. It is your choice. For you are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which he prepared beforehand that you should walk in them. Ephesians 2.10 So hospitality used to be a big deal. And so when Martha is having Jesus over for dinner and her sister's just busy sitting there with all the men instead of serving with Martha, Martha was so upset. She wanted to be in there too. She wanted to be in there sitting at Jesus's feet. It says in there that Martha also would sit at Jesus's feet. Mm, But not this day. She was serving. It says that she was distracted with much serving. She wasn't doing anything bad. She was actually being hospitable. (laughs) We're supposed to take care of our house, but... You know what? The housework will always be there. When will you put it down? For some of us with work, it's it's nonstop. The influx of emails, text messages, and other kind of messages. It's never ending. At what point do you put it down? So work is not the distraction from the other things that are also priorities. So here's the thing. Those things will still be there after But when we go and we put the Lord first, his yoke is easy and his burden is light. That's Matthew 1130. With the Lord, all the things that you were trying to do in the natural are suddenly so much easier than when you were coming from a place of just trying to plug the holes of the boat. And we got to remember when it seems like we are just struggling to keep the boat afloat, we got to remember who is in our boat. There's a story in the Bible that talks about this very thing. See, Jesus is asleep in the boat and everybody's freaking out because there's a storm and they're like skilled sailors and they're like, whoa, wake up, Jesus, you carpenter. We're all dying here. And what does Jesus do? He wakes up and he commands the wind and the waves to be still. But you see, Jesus is in your boat. The Holy Spirit is inside of you. That same Holy Spirit that hovered upon the waters is inside of you. So you do not need to be afraid. Luke 14, 16 through 24 says, A certain man was preparing a great banquet and invited many guests. 
At the time of the banquet, he sent his servant to tell those who had been invited, Come, for everything is now ready. But they all alike began to make excuses. The first said, I have just bought a field and I must go see to it. Please excuse me. And another said, I have just bought five yoke of oxen and I'm on my way to try them out. I'm going to go test drive my car. Please excuse me. Still another said, I just got married, so I can't come. The servant came back and reported this to his master. Then the owner of the house became angry and ordered his servant, go out quickly into the streets and into the alleys of the town and bring in the poor, the crippled, the blind, and the lame. Sir, the servant said, what you have ordered has been done, but there is still room. Then the master told his servant, go out to the roads in the country lanes and compel them to come in so that my house will be full. I tell you, not one of those who were invited will get a taste of my banquet. You see that? They all had these excuses. They were distracted and missed it. I didn't say their excuses weren't good. Oh, I was busy with school or work or or the kids or... I, I was on my honeymoon. I'm sorry. We had a vacation planned. <laughs> Luke 9.59 says, Then he said to another, Follow me. But he said, Lord, let me go bury my father. Jesus said to him, Let the dead bury their own dead, but you go and preach the kingdom of God. And another said, Lord, I will follow you, but let me first go and bid them farewell who are at my house. But Jesus said to them, No one having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. Ooh, ooh, ooh. that reminds me of another one. So back in Genesis, uh, Lot is leaving town because some angels are like, hey, dude, you need to leave because we're about to s destroy Sodom and Gomorrah because of all of their wickedness has risen up and the Lord is angry, right? And, and so what happens? They tell him not to look back and his wife looks back. She looked back and turned into a pillar of salt. See that? No one having put their hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. We need to realize that Jesus is not a joy stealer. But with Jesus, you get more joy and more freedom. So much more than when we try to do things on our own and, and out of our own power. When we get caught up in me, 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 everything is about me, we get anxious. Philippians 4, 6 through 7 says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your mind through Christ Jesus. 1 Peter 5, 7 says, Cast all your cares, your anxiety, your Marimna, the double-mindedness, onto him because he cares for you. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Resist him steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. See that? If the enemy can get you distracted off of Jesus, he can steal your peace. He's making all sorts of noise around you like a roaring lion. When your mind is stayed on Jesus, Isaiah 26, 3, him whose eyes are stayed on him will be kept in perfect peace. Long ago, I used to be a magician's assistant. I know, not really expected, right? <laughs> well, the magician I worked with had this funny little phrase he would say. He would say, misdirection, a cat toy for people. 
Misdirection is a phrase coined by magicians to basically mean distraction. See, they distract their audience like, ooh, look over here while they make a covert move and do their magic trick. So it's deceptive. You see, it's an illusion. Don't fall for the illusion. Don't get your eyes glazed over with the distractions of our current world. We must be sober. We must be vigilant because the devil, he is the real joy sucker, the fun stealer. And he wants to steal you walking out your gift and calling your eternity. Now say you get stuck in a loop of eyes off of Jesus, hanging on by a thread and you're just surrounded by lies of the enemy. You need to start speaking the word of God over yourself and over your situation. See, like Joshua, meditate on this word day and night that you may be able to do according to all that is written in it. Sun stand still. Jordan River part. King David. Yes, I know it's a giant. But what does the word say? You gotta get off of what it looks like and get on to what the Lord says about the situation. Here's some examples. He blesses all the work of my hands. Deuteronomy 16, 15, and also 28, 12. Also, Psalm 90, verse 17. I am the head and not the tail, above only and not beneath. Deuteronomy 28, 13. I will run and not grow weary. Isaiah 40, 31. He makes all grace abound toward me so that always having all sufficiency for all things, I have an abundance for every good work. That's my favorite. Second Corinthians 9, 8. See that? My God supplies all my needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Philippians four nineteen. I shall lack nothing. Psalm 23. Whom shall I fear? If the Lord is for me, who can be against me? Romans eight thirty one. The Lord promises to perfect that which concerns me. Psalm one thirty eight eight. He works all things out for my good. Romans 8.28 I am blessed and highly favored. That's Luke 1.26 and Ephesians 1.6 And these are only a handful. There are so many more promises in the living word just for us to water the seed of God deep within our hearts. Ecclesiastes 3.11 says he made everything beautiful in its time. He has also set eternity in the human heart yet no one can fathom. What God has done from beginning to end. Isaiah fifty five eleven. So shall the word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please, and it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. John fifteen seven. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you would desire, and it shall be done for you. By this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit. So you will be my disciples. See, just like a regular flower bed, we have to weed the ground of our heart. And we have to extract those weeds by the roots. You gotta pull out the weeds of distraction and distraction extraction so that you can clearly hear what the Lord is saying to you about a given situation. You can clear out the distractions so you don't miss the good right in front of you. Now, Rise up, take courage, and do it. Hey. 
Hey guys, thanks so much for listening today. You know, if today blessed you, if, if today moved you at all, please leave me a review. That would be amazing. It helps get the word out. And you know what else helps get the word out is if you share this message with a friend you think would really enjoy it too. Now, thanks again for listening. We'll see you next time.